Okay, welcome back on this Tuesday. If you're just jumping into the car, you're just joining us. A historic speech earlier today in the House of Commons. Ukrainian President Zelensky saying the unprovoked invasion by Russia of his country, an attempt to annihilate the Ukrainian people and enacting a no-fly zone is vital to support the resistance effort. Have a listen. Imagine that someone is taking siege, laying siege to Vancouver. Can you just imagine them for a second? And all these people who are left in such city. And this is exactly the situation that our city of Mariupol is suffering right now. And they are left without heat or hydro, or without means of communicating, almost without food, without water, seeking shelter in bomb shelters. Ihor Michael Cheshin is the executive director of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and joins us now for more Ihor, appreciate your time with us here this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for the invitation. First off, can you tell us what stood out for you? One of the lines for me from President Zelensky from earlier today is, how can you explain to your children full-scale aggression happening in your country? What stood out for you? What really stood out for me was his drawing parallels for us as, as, as Canadians, as you played in that clip. He spoke about, you know, uh, the equivalency of Vancouver as our port city or Edmonton as a city inland or Ottawa as our capital or Toronto as our largest city. He really tried to strike home the unbelievability uh, of the situation for Ukrainians and for us as Canadians that we can't even imagine you know, the kind of uh, violence that would be inflicted upon our cities. And so he really, he used that to, to visually, I think, you know, draw comparisons to uh, for us about what Ukrainians are facing in a way that Canadians can understand. Yeah, to personalize the plight, absolutely. And uh, what should uh, Canadians, what should Canada take away from the president's words earlier today, do you think? I think he was very thankful for what Canada is doing and has done, but he also uh, you know, reminded us that there's much more to do. The situation is very complicated and very um, you know, fluid, moving hour by hour. And you know, he spoke about the deaths of children. The, the Russian army is firing into hospitals, firing into apartment buildings, and you know, children are dying, civilians are dying. And he really just implored us, I think, to do more uh, to, to, to help his people. Yeah, and I want to get to that more in just a second. But uh, first, can you maybe give us a better sense of President uh, Zaleski? I mean, he has certainly emerged as a courageous and a heroic figure, particularly over the last uh, 20 days, the last uh, few weeks. He has kept the plight of Ukraine on the front pages. Uh, can you give us a, a better sense of uh, President Zelensky, uh, the man? Well, I don't want to get into his whole biography. I mean, obviously, he comes from a career in entertainment, career in public service. Uh, he's been president for a number of years. Uh, he has, uh, he's certainly, you know, in the last two, three weeks, stepped up and, and become an international figure even more than, than what uh, he was. Uh, and, and I think the, the Speaker of the House actually had a, a great line um, that if I can, can use to sort of say, you're not, you're, you're not only now a president, you're a world leader. Uh, and I think that's a really important, um, I think it's a re important remark that tells us that, you know, the world is watching how he's, you know, he hasn't fled the capital. He hasn't, um, he hasn't backed down from defending Ukraine. He's out there on the streets. He does a video every day. He's really, you know, captured the hearts and minds of the world through his own actions. And I think inspiring and it is inspired by the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian armed forces in the, in the valiant fight that they have. You know, I think Putin was counting on Zelensky and the Ukrainians to flee and to capitulate, and that's not what's happened.
Mm-hmm. And to that point, uh, President Zelensky uh, urging Canadian Parliament and Canadians overall Canada to do more to protect uh, Ukraine, as you mentioned, from Russian aggression. Uh, what more can or would you like to see Canada do? The most important thing that he spoke about that we've been talking about is this idea of a humanitarian no-fly zone. Because as you can see, as your as your listeners can see, I mean, the, the, uh, the Ukrainians are winning the war on the ground. Uh, they're taking out Russian tanks and Russian soldiers, and and you know who are in armed armored carriers. But the 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 advantage to Russia is in the skies. It's missiles. It's aircraft. And so what he's asking and what we're asking is is for the for NATO and NATO allies to think about how we can protect the skies over Ukraine, because if we can protect the skies over Ukraine, then the Ukrainian civilians will be protected. And it's also the humanitarian corridors. Again, as we've seen very cynically, the Russian armed forces sort of agree to these negotiated humanitarian corridors. People then, you know, leave believing that they're going to be safe, but they're fired upon that the continuous firing and shelling happens of civilians. And and we just need uh, we know that there's, you know, the Ukrainians can can only do so much, and we need international allies and partners to step in to uh, ensure that the, the civilian casualties end. Ihor, can I ask you to maybe give us uh, an even better sense of what's happening right now in Ukraine, what Ukrainians are going through? As we mentioned, President Zelensky uh, really personalized this invasion in his speech today uh, for Canadians, but. Uh, uh, can you tell us what you've heard, what sort of discussions you've had with those in Ukraine, what they're experiencing right now? Yeah, I think there's several kind of cohorts or strands of stories. Uh, first of all, there's, as we've seen, uh, women and children who have fled, you know, fled Kiev, the, the capital city, the size of Toronto is mostly empty except for military forces. Uh, Ukrainians are fleeing in great numbers uh, over the, their, you know, into, into the European Union, Poland, Slovakia, uh, Moldova, Hungary, etc. So, the, the, you know, those, these are women and children who have fled. Uh, their homes have been bombed. They're stuck at the border. Uh, they don't know where they're going. They're they're fleeing just to get to safety to Western Europe, and it's it's a tragic refugee crisis that grows by the hour. The other strand is uh, the other story is the brave Ukrainian armed forces. Uh, who are fighting valiantly, who are being supported by the Ukrainian people and have been joined by uh, men. So there's now martial law in, in Ukraine. And so men aged 18 to 60 cannot leave the borders. And so they're they're enlisting into the armed forces and to, into these civil defense units to protect their their homes, their neighborhoods, their cities. And, and that is the the story here that we've seen. In addition to, as, you, as you've no doubt seen, uh, thousands of uh, Thousands of Ukrainians have, re- have returned home to fight, and thousands of, of others, including Canadians, have joined their foreign legion in the, in the effort to have a just uh, fight over the Russian army. Canada announced uh, just before uh, President Zelensky's uh, speech additional uh, sanctions against uh, Russia. Is a feeling among uh, Ukrainian people that the sanctions, they're having an effect, uh, they're, they're working, that additional sanctions will uh, uh, further uh, hurt Putin in, in Russia, or are they having little to no effect on uh, the Russian president? Well, I think that the Russian economy is in crisis, and Putin knows that the West has declared an economic war on him. Uh, I mean, they've closed the stock market because they know that uh, that it's going to crash, you know, very badly. I think the important part of sanctions is that they've been coordinated with with not just Canada but other allies, and they're broad and they're sweeping, and it really is hurting Putin's inner circle and, and meaning that they they can't live with the impunity that they might have in terms of travel, in terms of luxury goods, in terms of other kind of access to global capitals that they've had. So I think sanctions are going to take their toll in the short and medium term. 
And it, sanctions are all about persuading the people in the inner circle of Putin to, to, to you know, to tell him to back down, to, that there is another path. He, Russia has become an international pariah in the last week or two. And, you know, they they are now kind of turning into the North, North Korea of, of, of the world. And so, uh, you know, we, we think sanctions are working and uh, everything that can possibly be done should be done to show Russia that they're majorly offside and that they, they need to pull their forces out of Ukraine. Just finally, when you talk about persuading and persuasion, there's uh, talks that uh, continue between Russia and Ukraine. Are you hopeful? Should we all still have hope that a diplomatic solution can be found here? Um, I, I, I need to be hopeful, but I'm also very cynical based on what we know Russian negotiation tactics were. You know, I think all of us remember the weeks leading up to the war starting and then throughout that Russia has not gone in there with any serious a uh, serious list of things they will negotiate on other than they, they expect the Ukrainians to surrender to them fully and to adopt all their all their demands. So I do think the fact that the Russians uh, are are sort of now into the third week of a war that they don't appear to be winning uh, means that they, they do need to be trying to find an exit. But again, I, I think Putin isn't going to just walk away. You know, we know that the Russians, are, they're deep in there. Uh, Putin knows that if he if he pulls out right now, he's going to face his own consequences. So this is a very complicated situation. We need to have uh, NATO and Canada apply more pressure to Putin and his oligarchs. And we, we hope that uh, Ukraine will continue to prevail in the way that they have uh, because their armed forces are motivated to defend themselves. All right. Well, a very moving speech from President Zelensky earlier and uh, really appreciate you joining us on this uh, historic day, Ihor. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the opportunity. All right. Ihor Michael Cheshen is executive director of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. And we're back after this break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.